0: Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. Today in the studio, we have our usual cast of Tom Meyer, Jim Dixon, and Ron Kripe of Equus Consulting. And we have a special guest in Faruza Dittmar, Regional Property Manager with Sheehan Property Management. And I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. Welcome to the podcast, Faruza. Thank you. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your position with Sheehan Property Management.
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, like you said, my name is Faruza Ditmar. I have been in the property management industry now since 97, 98 timeframe. And unfortunately, by revealing that, I've, I've kind of dated myself here. Um, <laughs> but I've worked for Sheehan now for seven years. Um, I started as an onsite property manager with them and worked my way up. And now I'm a regional property management with them.
0: Great, great. So I'm, I'm actually going to look at, at Tom a little bit. And, and Tom, Kind of fill us in on how you and Feruza met.
2: Yeah. So uh, I ended up getting pulled into Sheehan quite a while ago um, to do some work with the executive leadership team in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. Um, that's where I met Feruza. And we uh, found out we had a lot in common, both in terms of interest in that topic and passion for the topic. Uh, And then I received, and I think it was an email. It was uh, out of the blue, and she's like, "Hey, um, I think I'm playing around with the idea of uh, continued education, and I'm just wondering if we can open up a conversation about." you know, your thoughts, your, you know, I just like to use you as a bit of a sounding board. So that conversation got started and I'll let you pick it up from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank (laughs) you, Tom. So that was probably what, March, April timeframe of last year that we had that conversation. And um, I've always wanted to go on and get a um, graduate level degree. Never knew exactly in what and how I wanted to do that. Had two daughters that I had to put (laughs) through college. And so um, there weren't the resources there to be able to put all three of us through college at the same time. So what ended up happening and how this all kind of came to fruition was my father um, passed away back in 2008 and left me a property in Mexico that happened to be sold right around the time frame that I reached out to you. Mm. So I had had some funds sitting there that weren't pre-allocated. They weren't anticipated. And I wanted to use it in a way that would honor my father. And my father always was a huge supporter of me and a supporter of education. So I knew in that moment that I wanted to use those funds to to provide myself with education and to to invest in myself. I knew he would be proud of that. Then it became, what am I what am I going to do this in? And um, thanks to some personal experiences that I had had and um, you coming into our office and, and, and starting this conversation on DEI, I just knew that this was an area that I could make a mark and I could mm-hmm. make a difference. And if not for... <laughs> you know, a big pool of people. I have two daughters and now I'm blessed to have a granddaughter as well. And I just knew that if, if no one else, if I could touch those three people and make a difference in their worlds, and then they go on to touch another three people that I have done my part.
2: I'd love that. It's, it's funny because there are, you know, in, in our work, um, Jim and Ron and Rick and I have been just blessed to meet a, a ton of, people from varying backgrounds and different experiences. And, and, and most of those folks end up being, you know, appropriately clients. Um, And then occasionally you trip across somebody that you just have a much deeper level of connection with either because of the, of the passion or the, the commonality. And you hit that, hit that vein for me in, in a lot of our conversations because they were just deeper, um, and I think we all recognize that when it happens. And it's um, it's, a, it's a wonderful, absolutely fulfilling blessing. So um, what we wanted to do in the conversation on the podcast today was give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about uh, your background, uh, how you ended up having a level of passion for this work. Um, the, the process that you're going through, you know, getting a master's after already educating your own kids and, and what that's felt like, um, I, there's just a ton to explore. So let's start with kind of the history and the passion for the work.
1: Sure. So um, my father was um, born and raised in Iran. And I am a woman of color. If you look at me, you—I I call myself a brown girl. It's obvious that I am—I'm not a white girl, and uh, so it, you know, I grew up knowing that. And at the same time, I also grew up very protected by my father. My father was a very, very dark Middle Eastern man, and looking back as an adult now at at him and his life, and the way we interacted he never once spoke to me about any type of discrimination that he went through being in the position that I'm in now and having the life history that I have now in the years on this earth. I know I absolutely know with every fiber of my being that my father dealt with it on a very, very regular basis. Sure. But out of love to me, he always protected me from it. Then as I, I, um, you know, as years went by in the property management industry, my first really blatant experience with racism was right after the September 11th attacks. I was managing a property out in Arizona, and it was owned by a REIT based out of New York City, and we had an owner's visit scheduled for that day.
2: And and you're from Manhattan.
1: I am from Manhattan, so that made it a little bit more personal as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for me I I couldn't tear myself away from from the TV and I think that all of us share a level mm-hmm. of that. It's one of those days that are profound right. that oh, never yeah, none of us yeah. will ever forget again, right? So you know, I'm sitting in my office and I'm I'm thinking about all my residents because in this industry we develop relationships with the people that we interact with. Sure. My elevator pitch always for property management why I do I why I do what I do is I have this profound blessing and this privilege to work where other people live that I get to be where they laugh and where they love and where they lose and where they cry and even though for me it's a job it is where people live and make these profound memories and so I'm always very cognizant of that every day every time I pick up the phone and I interact with with any of our residents and so I'm sitting there in my office that day thinking to myself which one of my residents do I know that that have a connection to Manhattan? Who has family there?
2: Who's going to be impacted by this? Who's going to
1: be impacted by this? What can I do? How can I help them? And so, you know, I see a resident of mine come through the door and I think, oh my gosh, her sister, she works in Manhattan. Yeah. I didn't know if she worked in the in the towers or not. I didn't recall any of those specifics, but I knew she worked there. And she comes barreling into my office and I go to stand and I'm a hugger. And so I was ready to, you know, give her a hug. And she comes tearing in my office and slams her hands on my desk and looks at me square in the eye and says, you, you need to go back where you came from. <laughs> and in all my, my blissful ignorance, I just looked at her and I was completely confused. And I said, y- you mean New York?
2: Yeah, New York.
1: I, I mean, I, I truly was just completely dumbfounded by the conversation and by this accusation. And she looks at me again and goes, you know what I'm talking about, and spins on her heels and storms back out of my office. And it really took me a second. I just sat there in complete silence, and I was stunned and, you know, and, it, hurt. and hurt. And I just had to under. it took me, it legitimately took me a moment to understand the, the how profound that interaction was
2: yeah, how and visceral
1: yes very very much so and it took my breath away Yeah, literally took my breath away and that for me is the the first just blatant racist interaction i've had with somebody that was directed at me specifically and i swore in that moment that a i would never do that to somebody else sure and B that I would do my best to make this world a better place. And so I always say I lead with kindness. And mm-hmm. and I think that it's a very blanket statement, but it's it's very true. I, I lead on a professional level with kindness. I leave as a mother from kindness. I'm not I never scream at my kids, I never yell, mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And and my friendships are based on kindness. Yeah. And that kind of was was the start for it.
2: Well, and that's, that level of kindness is an inheritance from your dad. It's that kindness that probably prompted him to save you from a lot of what he undoubtedly went through and dealt with on a pretty consistent basis.
1: Absolutely, Tom. I completely agree with that. Mm. Completely agree with that. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me and, 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 um, really very sad too i i I long for the opportunity to have that conversation with my dad today having the knowledge base that i have and the experiences that i have and to be able to sit down with him across the table and kind of understand him on such a different level and and encourage him to share with me the interactions that he had
2: you know you and i know each other well enough that that i can say this maybe you're getting the opportunity to have that conversation with your dad through this work Yes. he's no longer physically here but think about the gift that he yes. left so that you could go pursue this and and have your thinking change have your perspective change look at the world in a completely different way that is hopeful not yeah. defeatist um so you know on some level you are having those conversations with your dad and that is beautiful.
1: It really is. And thank you for sharing that, um, and shaping that for me that way, you know, and not only with my father, I, I, I'm an only child. And, um, my cousin came to the States when I was a young girl and I grew up with him around, he's 14 years, my senior. And so I have been able to share some of this with him. I've learned a tremendous amount about him, his experiences where he's witnessed it. And, um, he's also shared some, some interesting stories and tidbits about my father that I didn't know either. And so um, my dream has always been, and I don't know if this is ever going to happen, and I, and I shouldn't put that negativity out there. I should just go, <laughs> go for it. Um, but I would love to write a book about my father yeah. and um, the impacts of his life, both during his lifetime and since his death, yeah. on on the world around him
2: you know, we've got, you have something in common with Equus that, um, you didn't even know. We, um, we started, uh, back in 1996, I joined Equus on September 1st of 2001 and September 11th happened 10 days later. Like we were Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, 10 days into this, this, uh, partnership that people know so well at this point. And, I remember, um, Ron, I don't know if you remember this. We ended up going to some church in Carmel, um, you know, because I, I I, just, I think we just needed, and Jim, you were on the road, I think. Yeah, I wasn't around. Yeah, you were, you were in Fort Wayne. Um, Ron and I ended up going to a church because I think it was the most intuitive thing we could do uh, when faced with that kind of hate. Yeah. Do Do you know, and I don't think any of us are really designed or wired to handle any level of that kind of hate, no matter where it's directed, you know, it's, it, it's just something that is foreign to us. And I think that's one of the benefits of diversity, equity and inclusion um, is on some level helping us deal with you know, here's what we want the world to look like, you know, we don't need to process through that kind of, of intolerance and misunderstanding and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever label you want to put on that.
0: So Frusa, I'm going to ask you, because I think it's, I think our listeners will be interested in knowing um, it's not just a passion for you now. You,
2: you it's, actually, a it's a purpose.
0: It's a purpose. It absolutely so, is a purpose. So help us define what DEI is.
1: So f- for me, I think a really succinct way of defining it is that every single person can come into a room and bring their authentic selves to that table, mm-hmm. to that conversation, to that environment. Um, And I think that just wraps it up in a way that there's no technical words or, or, you know, I I don't think every single individual piece of that has to be defined. It's, am I able to walk into a room and be true in every way, shape, and form to who I am? And if I can do that, I'm good. And that's what if, if you do it on a personal level, professional level, it doesn't okay. matter. Am I creating that environment for others? Mm-hmm. Am I doing those things? Are other people walking into a room and going, I I want to be mm-hmm. here. I know I'm being heard. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what all that means to
0: me. So are we are we teaching basic humanity?
1: To some level, yes. Yeah. To some level, yes.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask the question for all of us. Uh... Why do businesses need to be interested in this topic? What, what's in it for them? Because that's always the, that's always the core. bottom label. line. The bottom I mean, line. What's in it for, yeah, what's in it for organizations?
1: Oh, there's so much in it for organizations. And unfortunately, <laughs> I think that like, it gets so forgotten, right? Yeah. You know, people don't want to invest in the HR world and, and it's just the people. But really the human capital. It's just the it's people. It's just the people, right? Like I, I, it's about the numbers. It's not about the people. <laughs> But our human capital is really what drives all of our businesses. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It's about that human capital. And so when you bring people from all these different walks of life together in a room and everybody is thinking and everybody is allowed to come as their authentic self Mm -hmm. and to truly speak up and know that they're being heard, the amount of information and opportunities that they then bring to the table and bring to that employer or bring to that business and bring to that bottom line is tremendous
2: tremendous i recently tripped across a term and i wonder if you've heard it in the in the master's works that you're that you're doing Um, and here's how it got described the term was thought accent like if you're from a different geographic area of the country you have an accent right like i i don't think i have an accent but to people in South Carolina, I do. Right.
1: Um,
2: I don't think my you know my cousins in in Pennsylvania and Ohio don't think they have an accent, but when I hear them, they do. So these accents become really discernible to the to the human ear, and yet we have thought accents. I love that. that I have are, not heard that, and I love it. it. It's they're invisible. In other words, you there is an imprint that lays itself over your thinking that comes from your lived experience. Um, and the circles that you travel in, and that creates a thought accent. And what we're trying to do in this work of diversity is make people more aware of their own accent, of the, of the way they perceive the world and the way they think about things so that you're not making an incorrect assumption that everybody else thinks like you, that everybody else has the same worldview that you have. And it, I, I love the term because I love the way it clarifies that thinking is completely different based on your perspective and your lived experience.
1: It is. And I like the, t- another thing I really like about this term is that it's not, it's not fancy.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it <is. laughs> No, it's which is real... why I gravitate to it. <laughs>
1: but you know, in, in in any world, right? You you throw all these big terms like the whole DEI. Right. What does that mean? Yeah. What does it look like? What does that look like? What does that mean? Where think accent? Like I I think that everybody can kind of come up with a real definition of that without yeah. even knowing the definition of yeah, that. Yeah, without
2: too much hard work.
1: Right. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You'll run with that. I'm sure. I not. will. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Faruza, for sharing your experiences and insights with our listeners today. Join us next time as we continue our conversation. We also invite you, our listeners, to join in the conversation by leaving your comments on our website at www.equisconsulting.com. All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.